Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. We're here to give you resources to make life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free. We're doing this because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions, which is a nonprofit dedicated to providing education that reduces rehoming of cats by intercepting those behavior problems in the home before anyone ever thinks about turning out their cat or, God forbid, taking it to the shelter. Because shelter euthanasia is still the number one cause of death in cats. And we're hoping to make a dent in that by giving you great information you can apply at home to prevent and or stop any behavior problems in your cat you might be seeing. So if you'd like to help keep us on the air, please consider making a donation to Cat Behavior Solutions. It's all tax deductible. And you can find a link to PayPal on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Any amount helps keep this information flowing to you free of charge. So don't feel like your $5 isn't enough. We, we appreciate all of it. And today we're going to be talking about stress and I'm joined by my co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Not that stress and Dewey are connected, because he doesn't stress me out at all. Hi, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, beautiful Molly DeVos. Okay, so great show today. I think it's a very good show to show how we can help interact with our cats with a lot less stress. But before we get into all that, I want to let everyone know that if you happen to be in the Santa Fe, New Mexico area on August the 3rd, you should plan to attend the How to Clicker Train Your Cat Seminar at the Santa Fe Animal Shelter. Drop Molly a line and let her know the details. Let her know uh, or ask her about the details and uh, you can reach her at molly at cattalkradio.com. And by the way, if you have had Uh, any experiences or have been helped by the information in one of our podcasts or maybe the Cat Behavior Solutions blog or Molly has consulted with you, we'd love to hear the difference it made in your cat. Also, email that information to molly at cattalkradio.com. So let's get on with the show today, Molly. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about stress and cats. Why do we care about Cats and stress. Because uh, just like humans, stress is one of the leading causes of disease in cats. And and maybe even more so. You know, I was thinking about this. It has certainly has not been scientifically proven. But because cats are smaller species and they live shorter lives, things tend to happen faster for them and affect them more than in a larger species. And so stress, I think, is even more important when we're talking about how it affects the cat species. You know, stress stress and anxiety, they're kind of interchangeable, one, one and the same. So, and anxiety causes inflammation and lowers the immune system. That has been scientifically proven. And some signs of ch- stress, you know, your cat might start chewing on things. Um, pica is a condition where cats will eat things that are not food. Um, they'll ingest plastic is a common thing. We had a, a, a client who the cat was eating the corners of her pillowcases and things like that. Aggression, you know, stress can cause aggression, either cat to cat aggression or cat to human aggression. Scratching, you know, that's common when a cat feels anxiety, it will start scratching on things. Excessive licking and over grooming in spots um, and even litter box avoidance, you know, when cats are stressed, they'll sometimes pee or poop outside the litter box. Wow. So what is... What is stress for a cat? Well, stress for a cat, um, 
you know, when they live in the wild, they they're exposed to to a lot of predators, which are life threatening situations. So they're kind of wired for stress all the time. And the adrenal glands respond to threat, which secretes more home hormones that rise the heart rate, increase blood pressure, produce more blood sugar. All those things lead to serious diseases. And, um, and all that is a, is a very efficient system that's designed and prepares the cat for a flight or fight response to a dangerous situation. So in the short term, they're essential for the cat's survival, but long-term stress is very detrimental. So, you know, they could be out there in the wild and, you know, walking across a parking lot and here comes a giant dog chasing them. Well, that's stress at that moment, that anxiety that that increases and it increases their heart rate and blood pressure and they race off under the dumpster where the dog can't get them. That's short-term stress. The dog loses interest and goes home. But if they have constant chronic stress, that's very, very detrimental to their health. I can imagine that's really prevalent in older cats. Isn't that right? It really is. It, it's particularly important in, in dealing with a cat that has other health problems. You know, the cats, when they get older, just like us, their their senses begin to fade. You know, a, a cat's brain a- ages just like ours, and, and an aging brain, just like with people, can cause anxiety, you know, memory problems, joint problems. All those things are very common to older cats and you know and when you layer stress on top of other medical conditions it it's particularly complicating of those medical conditions and can worsen them just like with tabasco was recently diagnosed with lung disease and a heart murmur and we have a younger foster who's wanting to play rough as young fosters do and and it's causing stress in him i can i can see it he he no longer has the body weight to enjoy that play and uh, we're going to have to probably rehome that foster quicker than i would have anticipated just to reduce the stress level so that those conditions don't worsen and you know not only older cats but any kind of new pet any new pet you need to establish a routine quickly because established routines are more likely to to bond you with your cat and and build trust as well. Well, so it sounds like medical problems cause a lot of stress for cats. Yeah, definitely. Because just like with people, you know, pain, having chronic pain is stressful. You know, if you if you have arthritis, you suffer from arthritis. You know, you know your your joints hurt and that chronic pain is stressful if you have a you know urinary tract infection boy that's stressful um same thing with cats any kind of medical problems increase stress so talk just take a pause here for a second talk a little bit about cbd and what kind of responses have you been seeing in some of this to alleviate some of this stress in the medical world i know you've been trying some of those yeah definitely we've been testing different brands because you know it's it's hardly regulated it's barely legal but it's hardly regulated in the in the human arena it's definitely not very regulated in an animal arena and so you know people can throw something maybe CBD, maybe mildly related to CBD, into a treat or an oil or something like that and say, oh, it contains CBD. And, you know, the the industry is still trying to figure out what is quality, you know, the bioavailability is, is a word that's gotten very common lately with CBD, which basically means how much of that CBD is your body actually able to absorb. So all those things are, are important and quality product is very important. So I have been for the last two years testing CBD products and talking to manufacturers and trying to align with a manufacturer that, you know, that makes a, a truly quality product. And we have seen some results, especially in the anti-inflammatory areas and in the seizure areas with our foster. 
seems to be controlling his seizures, and um, and it does seem to control joint pain in in older cats. So so yeah, that that's a good question. CBD does seem to be effective, even though there aren't any again no scientific studies that I can point to that you know that really back that up at this time. Well, so. Let's talk about feeding. So I know for a fact that uh, kitties seem to get a little stressed when they're not fed on time. <laughs> yeah, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's when that rough play <laughs> usually breaks out in the house. <laughs> We've seen it firsthand. I get a lot of people that call and say, my cats don't get along. And so we're talking about that. And I say, tell me about when this happens, how many times a day and what time of day. And inevitably, it's right before feeding time. <laughs> and so, yeah, feeding is time is very important. And routines and rituals, like I mentioned a second ago, are are absolutely, you know, crucial to reducing stress in your cat. Cats need to know you know, need to have a set pattern. They're territorial creatures and they got to have a set pattern they follow every single day. And so your cat will actually develop their own routines built around your schedule. You don't need to think about making routines for them. And, you know, we as humans might find it boring because we kind of get tired of the same thing happening at the same time, day in and day out. It's why we look forward to the weekends. It's like, oh, jackpot, it's, it's breaking routine. But with cats, it makes them feel safe and secure. It's the most important, you know, fear is the most important driver for cats. And so when they don't feel safe and secure, they feel fear, which really, really jacks up that stress level. And their OSU did a study that looked at the effect of stress on cats. They took two separate cat groups and they they introduced stress and lack of routine and things like that in, in one group of cats. And that group of cats got sick two times a week until the stress passed. So it routine pay, plays such an important role. And so in feeding, you know, I always recommend important thing, cats eat nine to 10 small meals a day. Some estimates are more than that even in the wild. And so when we only feed them two times a day, that's like us eating every second or third day. So that in itself causes stress. Now people work. I get that. You, you have a nine to five job or a seven to four or whatever your schedule is. So feed three times a day in person, you know, right 20 minutes after you get up, right when you get home from work and right before you go to bed. And then put a timer of the, they make these uh, food timers, automatic food timers, uh, in the middle of the day when you're gone. And if you go to catbehaviorsolutions.org under the resources tab, I have a link to a, a very inexpensive one that I use that's that's great for middle of the night if you have a middle of the nighter. But, you know, set that to go off at the same time every day. And that way when you're not there, you get that fourth feeding in and predictability on schedule. That that really helps a lot. I can't stress enough how much routine and rituals are important for cats. So in reality, you could have probably four of those timers if you wanted to and fill everything up at one time, do all the feedings. Uh, I, I realized that the wet food would require some sort of uh, cold pack or something that's in there, but they make those also. Um, that you could really set it up uh, for the day and make it a little bit easier on yourself where it came off at different times of the day. Well, you wouldn't want to use a timer for all of your feedings because that feeding ritual is a real bonding opportunity with your cat or any pet, really. Um, you know, they, they're associating something vital and good like food with you, and that's always a good thing. So you don't want to miss that opportunity to associate something like dinner time with you you know it's like family eating around the table it's it's an important thing so no I wouldn't do that but I would definitely lean on those timers for the times you can't be there or you're traveling and you've got a pet sitter that comes only twice a day use that timer to get a third feeding in you know while 
while the feeder's not there or something or, you know, the other two feedings. But you're right. It, you know, I also don't recommend that you feed dry food diet. So feeding wet food, the the timer that I have a link to on my site does have a little cold pack in it and it works pretty good with either the rehydrated raw for, you know, a few hours and you're setting it probably for four to five hours. That's probably okay. It's getting their borderline, but, um, you know, the canned food's probably better in a timer because it has some preservatives in it, but once air touches it, you know, that it starts to break down and build bacteria. So don't push it past four or five hours. Um, but it does have a cold pack that you can put in the bottom. Um, you can also do, you know, better than dry kibble is at least um, a freeze-dried raw. Um, Vital Essentials makes an excellent freeze-dried raw kibble you know it's still baked they're not getting hydration it's not the ideal diet you know you you want to feed you know either rehydrated freeze-dried raw patties the rest of the meals or or a good quality canned food but um but vital essentials makes a really nice freeze-dried raw kibble that's limited ingredient recipe and and good that you could use in those timers I don't know that I've had much of a bonding experience when it comes to feeding because I'm I'm fixing the food. They're looking at me, feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> and then I put the food down on the ground and they go straight to the food and they never look up or we don't have much of a bonding experience there. Oh, so trust I, me, I they know <laughs> they know where it came from. That's, they, it's it's all it's not like yo bro, give me five. You just fed me. I'm loving this. <laughs> no, they're like, I'm starving for God's Starving, sake. give it to me now. Oh, give it to me now. Put that down. Yeah. <laughs> No wonder you don't draw back a bloody stump from a hand. Yeah, after you I don't put know it. that that's much of a very friendly experience at all, Molly, but okay, we'll go with this. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about other things that they like to have on schedule. Everything. I mean, absolutely everything. Litter box. Litter box routines are very important, too. They like a clean box. They're very fastidious. So they want their litter box clean. It'd be like going into a public bathroom that had poop smeared on the seat. You'd be like, ew, I don't want to touch that. Same thing. They don't want to step in, you know, any other excrement as they get in their litter box. So they like a clean litter box. So Scoop your litter box, God forbid, at least once a day, but hopefully more than that, and build it into the routine. So I do my litter box scooping when I feed. So I prepare the food. They're all looking at me going, oh, mommy, we love you. Keep feeding us. And then I get the food prepared. That's they, I get. <laughs> right. And they, and they jump in and then they could care less about you. Well, while they're diving into their food, I rinse off the utensils and then I go scoop the litter box. So I scoop the litter box four times a day because I feed them four times a day. And they know that their box is going to be clean all the time just because I build it into routine. Now, if I skip one of those, which I did recently, I can't remember why, but skipped one of those and it kind of built up in there, I could tell that they were unhappy. Tabasco went and sat next to it and then stared at me like, seriously, (laughs) you want me to go in that? And I realized, oh, heck, I forgot the cleaning of the litter box last time so i got on it and then he was happy oh my goodness no wonder we call our cats royalty of course <laughs> we four are their day feeding four times a day box cleaning for goodness sakes how did they ever survive out in the wild on their own well they get a clean box outside that's the problem is we're having to we're having to take things that they take for granted outside that are natural to them and replicate them inside. Now, you know, we only have one permanent cat and one foster, usually at any time. So we have two cats. People who have four and five cats, yeah, this is a real-time commitment. And it's something that you should seriously think about before getting another cat is how much time they really need. I think people underestimate that. They think they're going to get cats because... Um, you know, they don't need as much maintenance. I mean, they, you know, they're like, well, dogs, I don't want to have to go walk my dog twice a day. Well, you got to scoop your litter box twice a day. Same thing. Outstanding. This is, it's, it's amazing to listen to all the things that the cats are needing and requiring. And, you know, that's just, I don't think they're, you get a manual for that uh, when you go and pick up your kitty. So this is very important. What about play? 
play need to be uh, something that we think about for stress? Yeah, not only for stress, but um, but on schedule too. You know, you should schedule play times with your cat. I recommend that you play an interactive play schedule because that is the least stressful. And I'll tell you why here in a second. But that you do an interactive play session 30 minutes before the last feeding right before you go to bed. That wears out your cat, burns off a bunch of pent-up energy, then they eat 30 minutes later, and then their natural routine is to groom themselves and lay down and go to sleep. You have a much better chance of them sleeping through the night if you'll set that up at that late night time. But play, you know, play and exercise both are very, very important stress relievers on on a cat. So when you interactive play, you are simulating a hunting scenario. So you take the little mouse that's on the end of the wand and you drag it around the corner and the cat sees it, gets in that crouching wiggle butt position, chases it, pounces on it, and bites it. And in that kill bite, it releases serotonin in their brain. And that serotonin helps to control their mood and sleep, and it reduces stress. They've done a a study on cats, on deceased cats that were highly aggressive and have, have linked serotonin deficiencies to aggression in cats. So it's very, very important that they get that interactive play and kill bite to, for mental stimulation. And exercise is, is equally as important. You know, there, there is psychological stress and there's physical stress. And uh, just like us, you know, they need to stay in shape. And that's the only time I recommend a laser toy is to get your cat running around, but then follow that with an interactive play session so they get a kill bite in and that's not building up energy rather than releasing it well i just had a flash of i wonder if that would be on a commercial for humans that can't sleep jump up go get a kill bite come back to bed <laughs> only a guy would think that <laughs> like go take a giant bite of a raw steak and then <laughs> oh, come back to bed better honey <laughs> <laughs> that would be no good. i don't think so but there, there's okay. certainly that's a I'm sure Voice America has another host doing a show on human st- ways to reduce human stress. <laughs> yeah, you might want to look at it, look that up if you're listening. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about their environment then. Yeah, the the environment is perhaps one of the biggest contributors to stress for a cat, and and when I say that, I mean the noise level in a home, the schedule. Again, routine, um, the activity, lots of visitors coming and going. Um, something as simple as just rearranging the furniture, and then something as drastic as you know moving to a new place. All those things are environmental stress. Yeah, that sounds a lot like fear uh, as opposed to stress. Well, it, it is. They go hand in hand. You know, fear causes stress because again. <laughs> You know, cats are prey. They're responsible for their own survival. They're constantly at risk of being eating. So they're constantly assessing their environment. They're looking for threats or danger, you know. So things that are familiar, familiarity breeds safety feelings in them. So absolutely fear causes stress. When things are unfamiliar, something new crops up, it's like, whoa, whoa, what is that? And they get stressed out. So predictability, routine, familiarity, all that stuff is extremely important for a cat. That's, uh, you know, you don't, you just don't think of those things quite often when you're thinking of, of your cat. I mean, you think that they're more docile and, you know, they can handle things uh, much easier, but uh, sounding like they, they don't. Um, what about when you can't help change? Visitors, new babies, moving, you know, changing life. You, you just can't help those things that come along. Your cat has to do what, whatever it is that's, that's changing in your life changes with you or changes with them too. Right. And, and of course, it's inevitable that, you know, you're not 
every day, 24-7, going to be able to provide absolute strict routine and predictability for your cat. I mean, what if you have a baby? It's not like you go, well, we just won't have kids, honey, because it's going to upset the cat. You know, it's something yeah. <laughs> It's something that has to be dealt with. And in the case of a new baby, it's very important that you have gradual implementation in any kind of change that you can control. So when you know you're going to have a a baby, take the scents like um, scents, meaning things that smell, um, S-C-E-N-T-S, scents. Take the scents like the lotion you're going to use, the baby wipes, the things like that. Start putting them on your hands so that you smell like the baby, so that when the baby comes, then it's not uh, an unfamiliar smell because scent is one of the most important Um, critical factors for cats why we do cat to cat introductions um, the way we do it's getting them gradually used to the smell of something new in their environment so back to the new baby you want to deal with scents making sure they're used to the way that this thing's gonna smell Um, sounds there's uh, I calm cat produces a uh, that that's a company that scientifically modulates the frequency of music to be either calming or stimulating to a cat but they also have a new baby track so it's calming music with infused new baby crying noises sounds like that so that the cat can get used to those sounds that the baby's going to make when it gets there too so i would do that and then you know when you have a baby you're going to be spending a lot of time with that baby and less time with your cat so some people say you know take a teddy bear as your pretend baby, put it in the crib and then go over there several times a day and spend time with it and talk to the teddy bear so that the cat gets used to that routine that's happening. You know, start doing it once a day and then do it twice a day and then three times a day. Gradually increase up so that the cat is used to this new routine, new smells, new sounds by the time that this baby actually comes around. And, you know, if if you have visitors, you know, you mentioned visitors, uh, of course, if you have a shy cat that, you know, hears the doorbell, ears goes back, it crouches to the ground, tail goes down and it scurries off under the bed, that's okay. Don't force interaction with a visitor. Let that cat be a shy cat. You know, people people have different personalities too. Some people are more gregarious and confident and bold and outgoing and other people are more shy and introverted and you know don't really like being around a lot of people and you can't change those personality traits so let them be who they're going to be don't force interaction with visitors just you know reassure your cat when the people are gone and let it be who it is what about the cats feeling threats yeah, just like fear, you know, th- them feeling threatened, um, then this is all in anticipation of danger, which could be outside cats, outside dogs, you know, things that they see outside that startle them and they go, oh, it's going to come in and get me or it's going to come in and get my stuff. Like new pet? Oh, yeah, absolutely, like a new pet. So that's why the cat introductions are so important. Like I said, um, you know, you've you've got to introduce them slowly and gradually. You can't just bring a new cat home and throw it in your cat's space and go, look, I got you a buddy. That ain't going to go well at all because they're evolved as solitary creatures. And, you know, by nature, they're not wired to be social they can they absolutely can i'm not saying cats aren't social but that's got to be done on a on a nice gradual introductory method and that too is on the site by the way so if you're planning on getting a new cat before you do it go to catbehaviorsolutions.org and under that resources tab there's there's a link to introducing new cats so you're saying other cats stress out cats is that uh, kind of what i'm hearing you say 
Yeah, the cats living with other cats can be stressful as, you know, because they're forced to share resources or maybe the cat population in your house is too high. And yes, crazy cat ladies, there is such a thing. Come on. <laughs> you know, cats need need attention, need socialization from you. You know, they need to eat four times a day, not together, spread apart. Their litter box has got to be clean. I mean, that's that's a lot of time commitment. And so when the cat population is too high in a house, they feel stress. You know, they say in school, they taught us that for a cat to really have ample, you know, non-stress amount of territory, they'd need a 10-bedroom home for each cat. So by keeping multiple cats in, in relatively small spaces, that just by itself is a stress factor for them. You know, that brings up a really good point. How do we really know when we're looking at our cat how to tell that your cat is stressed? Well, that's that's good because, you know, cats are Mr. Poker Face. They don't let on that they're feeling pain, much less stress. So it, it can be difficult to tell. So you just have to trust me and do these things. But <laughs> some outward signs of stress in your cat would include trembling, you know, like when we get ready to, we spend half the year in Dallas and half the year in Santa Fe. So when we get ready to make that trip, which Tabasco's been doing for 15 years since he was a kitten, he'll tremble a little and on the outset because it's it's scary. It removed him from his environment, his safe environment, his routine, his predictability. And we're getting in a car and even though he's done it a million times, he still trembles a little bit. So anytime a cat is trembling, we see that a lot in the shelter. It's so sad. They're so scared. And, you know, they'll they'll tremble. Like, you, you, you kind of think about that more with dogs. You see dogs trembling more. But cats do it, too. Excessive so, grooming. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I was, uh, was going to make a comment about uh, it sounds like the next episode. But uh, go ahead. Um, so excessive grooming, um, if a cat is stressed, it will, you know, it will lick, 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 sometimes in a particular spot, which will, you know, cause all the hair to fall out in that spot. And sometimes even sores, um, vomiting is a sign of stress. I know I cat sit for our neighbors and one time they were gone for a long trip, like two weeks. So they decided to get a, a house sitter. But I still came in and fed the cats. Well, the cats were so stressed about this house sitter being there. I was cleaning up four and five vomit piles a day. It was it was awful. But and then once they finally got settled into the routine of this this strange person living there, you know, they were fine. And when I cat sit when no one is there, they're fine. There's no vomiting. Um, scratching. You know, they do scratching as a territorial sign and marking and scenting. So if you see a lot of increased scratching, something is stressing them out. Of course, dilated pupils. You know, when cats get very fearful, the blacks of their eyes get really big. Now, that can also equate to high blood pressure in cats. So if your cat's eyes are dilated like that and they remain that way for a long period of time, it's time for a vet visit. Um, restlessness, you know, last night we had friends over for dinner and Dewey was outside grilling this chicken and a neighborhood dog found his way over and was like, chicken, did somebody make chicken? And he walks into our <laughs> he courtyard. Came, came by a couple of times. He did. <laughs> Anything left? <laughs> and, and there's a glass door that goes out onto our, our courtyard and Tabasco was, you know, watching the dog and tail poofed out and growling. And then, you know, for an hour later, he was restless. He was walking from window to window and door to door and looking, going, where'd that dog go? Where'd that dog go? You know, tail down, that kind of stuff. So restlessness is a is a sign of stress. Aggression, you know, um, anytime one cat attacks another or you, I guarantee you it's feeling fear and fear causes stress. You know, peeing outside the litter box, that, that can be totally stress-related. Diarrhea, just like vomiting, diarrhea can be stress-triggered. Meowing a lot, you know, meow, 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 meow. And you go, my gosh, what are you trying to tell me? Well, sometimes they're trying to tell you something stressing them out. 
or they're hungry, which, you know, or they want to be pet, but <laughs> um, they stop eating by big, big sign of stress. And, and if they're sleeping more than normal, that can also be a sign of stress. You know, a lot of what you described really sounds a lot like our last episode when we were talking about how to to see signs of your cat being sick. Yeah, it it it's all related. It's absolutely all related because stress um, stress is a huge contributor to a lot of those diseases and illnesses that we're seeing in cats. Absolutely. So, do cats really get separation anxiety? They do, and and you know, it's funny because cats, just like people, the cats that have the separation anxiety are sometimes the ones that have abandonment issues. Cats that have been, you know, rehomed multiple times and passed from owner to owner, they can develop real separation anxiety, and it's it's hard to treat from a behavior standpoint. It takes, again, a, a lot of routine and attention and reassurance. But I have a couple cases where people go off to work or they've worked from, from home for years and then all of a sudden they get a job outside the house and the cat's just destroying the place and peeing everywhere and things while they're gone. Fine when they're home, but terrible when they're gone. That's, that's a real problem. You know, I think here's kind of a stressful thing in humans. Humans have OCD, and if things aren't exactly where they're supposed to be and, you know, somebody comes along and moves it, uh, even though that where it may go works there also, but a single person having OCD needs to have everything kind of lined up the way that they have stuff lined up, and they don't anything outside of that causes them to be stressful. So is there OCD in cats? Absolutely. Cats, like I said, cats are, you know, one of the 10 essential needs of cats, which is another one of our podcasts, by the way, that we talk about is routine and predictability. And and those are very much common traits with OCD. I'd say that probably every cat has a little bit of what we would consider OCD in it. It likes things very, very clean. It likes things on time and military precision. And, you know, it's that's a real thing with cats and people. And, and you know, the causes aren't really known when you get extreme OCD cases. And in cats, just like in people, it can produce repetitive behaviors, um, which are initiated by stress. And, you know, Siamese and other Asian cat breeds are particularly known for OCD traits. That's that's interesting. I wouldn't have put OCD with cats, but, uh, you know, after you've explained it like that, I can see where that does line up specifically with kind of how OCD works in humans as well. So do different cats respond differently to stress? Yeah, there's basically two... Two factors for stress. Um, there's genetic and then there's environmental factors, which we talked a lot about. So from a genetic standpoint, if that cat's mom was stressed out during the pregnancy or had poor nutrition, you know, i.e. in a shelter, having to give birth in a shelter environment or something like that, then those kittens are prone to developing stress more so than other cats. And that has been scientifically proven. Um, lack of early socialization. Cats have a, a sensitive period from three to seven weeks. It's a very narrow window. Dogs are much longer where that will actually lay the pattern for how that cat responds to stress and other situations later in life. And, you know, like, I mean, obviously, if, if you have a feral cat that wasn't raised in a home environment, plunking it down into a a home environment is an environmental factor that causes a lot of stress in that cat. So uh, is there different types of stress? Yeah, there's there's acute stress. I mean, obviously, you know, a dog is eating me kind of stress. <laughs> there's, uh, there's physical stress, which could be things like a natural disaster, you know, fire, Earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, any kind of fear resulting stressors, you know, like one that just happened, like July 4th, where fireworks, firecrackers go off. We don't have any real close to us here in Santa Fe, but, you know, there is a lot of booming. I thought the cats were going to be stressed, especially our foster, 
who had lived on the streets and has buckshot in him and might have some some bad memories from you know things that sound like guns but he didn't see stress that seemed stressed at all so I was grateful for that but um Another kind of stress is when they're picking on one another. Um, there's emotional stresses, and then there's chronic stress, which are you know stressors that develop over time. Wow. So how do we help stressed out cats? Do we give them uh, cat yoga or something where they sit in a little <laughs> corner and hum for a little while and get their stress off? Right. Meditate a little bit. Oh. Is that how we do it? <laughs> it's always I want, to, it, I want to see that clicker training it's always good to meditate with your cat <laughs> <laughs> um so again i can't stress this enough no pun intended <laughs> establish <laughs> routine um never punish or scold a cat for its anxious behavior that's really, really important because any kind of punishment or scolding only increases those negative associations and fear. You need to help your cat feel safe and relaxed. You know, don't ignore stress in cats because it won't get better on its own. You you really do need to be a part of that equation. And, you know, if you have a cat that's exhibiting any of the symptoms that we talked about earlier, rule out medical conditions first you know take it to the vet and then absolutely you know call me or email me if you need help working through what might be the stress triggers that are going on Um, just pay a lot of attention to your cat talk to your cat cuddle your cat groom your cat make sure the cat's got elevated locations to hang out in the house to get up off the ground and away from things that it might perceive as stressful interactive play to encourage movement and to you know and to get that kill bite in Um, you know assess the number of cats you keep make sure that you have ample resources for all the cats that you have which is one plus litter box you know plenty of food bowls water bowls don't feed them in a clump lots and lots of resources so you know in in a immediate stress crisis there there's basically six steps so first you want to remain calm yourself that is hugely important cats do pick up on us being stressed identify whatever the cause of the stress is and then eliminate it And then improve the cat's experience or association with whatever that stressor is. Um, Play, pet, soothe, cuddle, massage your cat. And then make the environment more compelling. Playing, clicker training, like you mentioned earlier. Going to teach people how to clicker train your cats. Cats respond very well to clicker training and they love it. So that's that's a great thing you can do that's a stress reliever in cats. I think clicker training, now that I've seen it done and, and watched it, I think it's really a good bridge for those owners who are making a choice between a cat and a dog. And I know from a guy's standpoint, guys like to have a dog that they can play with and go out and throw a ball with and throw a frisbee with. But but all that's about training and, and getting tricks, training to do tricks with the owner. And I think that I, as I've seen you do with the cats you can do the same thing which is a lot more fun uh, and it's right here in the home and you don't have to think about taking the dog to the park um, although that's a good thing also but um, at least you can you can do that and you can get some fun and enjoyment out of your cat also because guys sometimes think that cats are for women because the cats get up in your lap and they you just pet them but there's some things you can do with a cat that's fun also playing clicker training all those things you can teach a cat to fetch just like you can teach a dog to fetch. Right. And it's good exercise for them, and they love doing it. I'm, working, you do on that our cat to, I'm working on our cat to uh, bring me a beer when I need it. I noticed when that I last that, night. I when I get that. that done, by golly, we're going to put that on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how that's going, honey. <laughs> yeah, he just pulls it out of the refrigerator, and it falls on the ground, and he goes, what? so what if uh, behavior modification is not enough are there other things you can do there are and there are things you should probably do if you know that you're producing a stressful environment for your cat like you're about to 
get new furniture or you're going to move or things like that. Um, pheromones, I like the Feel Away brand the best. Um, plug it in and it, it's a diffuser. Put several of them around the house. They also make calming collars. I'm not as much of a fan of that, but it, it does seem to help some cats. Music, as I mentioned earlier, classical music has the frequencies that are most calming to cats, but then there's that company called iCalm Pet, and they make an iCalm cat. It's a little um, music player and uh, speaker and everything all in one. I take it to the shelter with me so that when we're working with cats, they, they're hearing this calming music while we're there. And then there's lots of herbal remedies, like you mentioned earlier, CBD. And then there's rescue remedy, too. I've been putting some of that in Tabasco's food, just putting four or five drops on on every meal that I give him. And so there's all kinds of things like that. And then in extreme cases, you know, go to your vet and ask for a prescription. Talk to them about what's going on. There's all kinds of prescriptions, calming medications for cats, um, diet can absolutely reduce stress. You know, remember, cats need a lot of hydration. So feeding a canned or a hydrated freeze-dried diet. And then, you know, but but chronic stress is the real problem. Things in the environment... That are that are just there daily that are that are building and building and building and building in your cat over years and you know if you've got stuff like that going on call me that that definitely needs a a professional to look at what's going on and help you work through that. So you're saying that our cats can be stressed out just from us as the pet owners? Absolutely. You know, some some cat owners inadvertently play a role in increasing their cat's stress levels. You know, one of the most common ones is wanting more contact than the cat's desire. You know, a lot of people go, well, my cat, I want to cuddle with it and I'm cuddling with it. And I, you know, after about petting it five times, it turns around and bites me. Well, it doesn't want that much contact. It's very important that you let cats approach you and and initiate that contact and they will trust you so much better and want more from you when you do. Um, people that are inconsistent in their approach to the animals, you know, um, again, cats like routine, they want to make sure you're predictable as well. Like you're not running through the house one day and then walking slowly the next day. Um, cats get bored. You know, that's another responsibility of the owner. They're, they're, you know, it's like, it'd be like having a kid and putting it in a room to play with yourself and, you know, expecting it to, to be mentally you know, healthy. It, it's not like that. So you as the owner have to initiate play, click or train it to fetch, do interactive play, laser light, anything like that. You know, keep that cat from getting bored, uh, give it places to climb and, and hang out. And then, of course, you know, uh, some cat owners, you know, restrict access to resources inadvertently. You know, if you close a door and the cat can't can't get to its litter box or food, that's that's hugely stress causing. What about car rides? I know we tend to uh, you see stuff on Facebook and places, um, you know, videos, uh, YouTube, things like that, where cats get up on the dash of a car or love to go on car rides what's what's your thoughts of uh, cats stress and car rides it, in general it's definitely a major stressor for cats because it's a change in territory and it produces fear so any kind of time you take a cat out of its its zone its territory where things are all predictable well now things are unpredictable and it causes fear Sometimes I feel like that when I'm riding with you. Not just kidding. You're a good driver. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, even like I said, Tabasco, you condition cats in that sensitive period from three to seven weeks. Now, he was older than that when I started these trips back and forth because um, I didn't get him at three to seven weeks. He was a little older when I got him. But, um, but his whole life he's been going back and forth, and it's still stressful because it's a change in his environment into an unpredictable situation. You know, let's, let's, as we close out the show, let's go back over and talk about some measures, preventative measures that can help reduce the stress on our beautiful kitties. So, yeah, so preventative measures would include good quality food, 
um, canned, wet, moist food, not dry kibble, um, unless you're having to feed one meal a day with like a freeze-dried, you know, raw that's that's in a kibble form. Um, but they need hydration. So good quality food, good clean water every day, interactive play sessions, which we've talked a lot about, giving your cat places to scratch, um, places to climb up high and watch birds, routine, 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 you know, predictability and, and rituals, probably the most important thing. Any other kinds of mental stimulation like food puzzles, you know, when you get that Amazon order in, leave the box on the floor for a couple days. When you get back from the grocery store, leave that paper bag on the floor for a couple days. That's all good mental stimulation for them. And then maintain a calm household. You know, don't, you know, blaring music and children screaming and running around and stuff like that. That's hard on a cat. That's very, very hard on a cat. So keep your house calm. It's it's healthy for you, too, to have a low-drama, calm household. Well, thank you for that today, Molly, and uh, I think that wraps up our show for today. I do want to remind everyone, if you're in the Santa Fe area on August the 3rd, please uh, email Molly for some directions to the clicker training at molly at cattalkradio.com. So until next week on our next podcast, Molly, what do you have to say? Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Bye-bye, folks. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.